What's up everybody? It's Dan Binder Boneyard coming at you from the office. It's actually a nice day, kind of sunny, still cold. You probably hear the heater running behind me. So yeah, um, just want to say thank you for everybody, uh, the subscriptions, all that stuff. Um, every dollar helps. You just, just don't know, man. Like, so grateful for all of it. And I know I'm hit or miss on these things. I don't have the frequency that I used to have. Um, and maybe that's a side effect of growing, you know, um, the, the old days I had time, maybe I didn't have time, but it felt like I had time to do more of these and that kind of, uh, that kind of stuff. Um, and then now, I mean, we're just the workload, the part sales, just everything going on is just crazy. So, um, I appreciate you hanging on for all of these, um, and then all the donations and everything. It's just super helpful. Um, cause it's not just me, you know, like Brad, the guy that actually edits and produces these things, uh, makes that sweet intro music. Uh, I got to pay him for his services and you know, the hosting and all of that. So it's, uh, these aren't free for me to make. So I appreciate, uh, you guys kicking in and, and, uh, you know, it all goes towards the greater good. So, um, shout out to Joe Welby, uh, Facebook, um, international scout owners of the world parts and advice, uh, it's a very large Facebook group. Uh, I suggest you guys join it. If you're not part of it, don't fall for the imposter pages. Uh, there's a couple knockoff pages run by some scammer guys, uh, trying to capitalize on Joe's page's success. Don't fall for it. Make sure that it's the International Scout Owners of the World Parts and Advice page or Advice and Parts. One of the, it's got a trailer to it. Um, you know, look on there. You can even look and see if I'm part of that page. If you want to join a Facebook page and don't see me there, then sometimes there's a reason why I'm not there. Uh, some of these guys are kind of shady. They run some shysty pages and I don't have time for that. So, um, anyway, big shout out to Joe. He's been a supporter for a long time. Very grateful for his, uh, for what he inputs. Um, so yeah, we're going to jump right into a topic that could go on for several podcasts, but, uh, and I've talked about it before, but it's always something that seems like I get asked about repetitively and I have to cover it. You know, I should just cover it because it's one of those things. But it is suspension. Um, you know, there is a lot of new people entering the scout world. Hello, new people. And one of the biggest complaints that you hear is ride. Uh, everyone is used to modern cars modern trucks um, that ride so much better <clears throat> than uh, than the scouts do. And part of that is, is they're comparing, you know, 50-year-old wore-out suspension with their brand-new Subaru, 
you know, and it just doesn't work like that. Like you can't compare a solid axle car or truck. I mean, I'm sorry. I've been watching race, uh, ultra four racing and they refer to everything as cars. Um, so you can't compare a solid axle truck to an independent suspension, anything. Um, the, the ride is just different. You can't, it's very difficult to make a solid axle truck ride like an independent suspension car. Like it's pretty much, you have to spend thousands, excuse me, thousands and thousands of dollars to make that happen. So, um, first of all, you have to lower your expectations. Uh, I'm sorry. That's just how it is. Uh, unless you want to spend 30 grand on coilovers and links and, you know, a week in the desert doing suspension tuning so that King or Fox can dial you in exactly how you need. And we've done that for our customers in the past. Um, and they do, they ride amazing. They handle great. They ride awesome, but it all comes at a cost. Um, so, you know, we'll start at the bottom and try to work up. I'll try my best to keep it in the half hour range. So looks like I've got 25 minutes left. Um, so your scouts come from the factory with leaf springs and that is same 8800s and scout twos leaf sprung. And at the end of those leaves, you've got a shackle and those leaf springs have rubber bushings in them and they pivot the shackle end will swing on bolts and what happens is when the leaf spring because it has an arch when it compresses it flattens out that shackle will swing out forward or backwards depending on how it's oriented and then the shock absorber will absorb some of that movement and then also control the rebound of the spring. Because if you know anything about springs, I mean, coil springs are an example, uh, just a different shape than a leaf spring. But you know that if you throw a coil spring at the ground, it'll just immediately bounce back up at your face. And if there is a shock absorber or something to slow that rebound, down, it won't spring back at your face. Um, and so the same principle is applied to the shocks under your scout. That's part of the roughness. You know, you want, you want kind of a soft, um, oh, what's the word up travel, um, compression. That's the word you want kind of a soft compression to let the wheel move up and not transfer that load to the chassis and then buck make the truck bounce you know you want a soft compression but you also want kind of a stiff rebound because you don't want the spring to unload and force the truck to bounce back uh you know there's a a ton of valving uh, variables that go into setting up shocks. And that's why these ones that are just off the shelf are kind of like a generic valving 
And so, uh, you know, even the adjustable, like those gimmicky Rancho 9000s with the adjustable knob, uh, they do, I mean, it's a slightly adjustable, but it's still wildly variable. So, um, that's pretty much how leaf springs work. You know, they just, they flatten out and they rebound and they always want to go back to that curved shape. So that's why you have to have a shock absorber that can control the movement. So a couple of things in the stock setups to get the best ride, you want new bushings and rubber bushings are the softest and will absorb the most of the small stuff, um, like vibration and, and little, um, little things like that. But the trade-off is they wear out quickly and they create uh, other handling issues. Like they can uh, contribute to body roll and they can contribute to wander because they're soft. They don't support the the system well enough and they can let the leaf springs wobble around so i personally like urethane bushings they are stiffer but provide more control uh and they're way more durable so it's important if you put the urethane bushings in to make sure that they are well greased and or lubricated i should say uh, i don't like to use grease on them uh the suspension company will send, you know, if you order bushings, they come with these little packets of white grease and you can use those between the bushing and the spring itself in that eye. But we avoid using it on the metal part, on the, uh, the sleeve and the bolt. We don't like to use that grease in there because it kind of attracts dirt and um, can create other problems down the road. We use copious amounts of silver anti-seize. Comes in that gray bottle with a brush and you brush it on. Gets on everything. So uh, be prepared for that. But silver anti-seize, even when it dries out, it turns into like graphite powder. So it's still a lubricant even when it dries. Uh, versus grease that when it dries out or gets filled with dirt, it just turns into, you know, grinding compound. So um, we use a, a lot of silver anti-seize. And then it also helps for in the future, if you have to do any repairs, you won't have hardware that's stuck together, um, you know, because it's just protecting of corrosion goes a long ways. Um, towards the the enjoyability of the rig so you know another thing that i've seen guys do to help with that is um they'll take undo the center pin on the leaf springs and separate them out hit each leaf with a wire wheel on your grinder get all the rust and corrosion off of each leaf and then um they make like teflon material that you can put between each leaf uh, my only problem with that is that over time it'll start to work its way out uh, but you will see on like higher end leaf spring packages they will have teflon sliders at in the end of each leaf spring they'll have punched a hole and then 
these Teflon sliders actually snap into place. Um, so that actually goes a long ways in helping the leaf spring slide. So if you have a spring shop that's local to you, probably you're gonna have to be in kind of a larger city for that. But some of them will do that. They will punch a hole in the end of your leaf spring for a Teflon pad. And uh, I know of, of other spring shops that do that. So if you want to keep your stock height, but improve your ride, uh, I would look into that, having Teflon pads added. Uh, and since you got them apart, put in a new spring, leaf spring center pin anyways, because it probably needs it. Um, you know, and then like I said, your shackles, since they are traveling back and forth, like every time that spring moves up and down, it uh, that shackle is moving. So lots of, uh, uh, of lubricant on those bolts and the anti-seize and all that. Uh, you really, really want those shackles to swing. When you tighten them up, you know, making sure you're using locking hardware, not lock washers, but actual top lock metal locking nuts. And don't cinch them up super tight. If you tighten up those shackles real tight, then they're going to cause binding, which is going to get transferred into your ride. So again, make sure that the shackles can swing free, but not so free that there's side to side lateral movement in the shackle or the spring. Um, you know, and then same with the rear or front, whatever, whichever direction you're working. You know, those can go a long ways towards improving your ride. And then, you know, the next step is shocks. Uh, I would consider white rockets uh, or white body, anything white, uh, ranchos, skyjackers, whatever. They're all pretty much the same. And I know these some of these guys will argue that their, you know, skyjacker whatevers are, are way better than ranchos. I'm, I've yet to see that in real life. Um, I've blown up ranchos, uh, brand new, brand new ranchos, put them on a scout and then driven through the desert. And in 25 minutes, they are smoking. Uh, seals are burned out. All the oil is bubbled out of them. The nitrogen is gone. They, you know, rancho shocks are great for, uh, the street, but pretty much nowhere else in my opinion. Uh, obviously you can tell Rancho is not a sponsor of the show. Um, what we really like to use around here for out of the box performance are Bilstein's, the 5100 series. Uh, generally there's two different valvings for various applications. If you look in the catalog, not under the model, but you actually go to the Bilstein, the back pages of the catalog and, and order by length. Um, and generally there'll be two options, two valving options. And we always go with the stiffest valving option, um, because of the recoil rebound. Um, you, like I said, you want that stiff for that spring to unload as slowly as, as you can get away with, um, to help keep the, the truck from bucking around. And, you know, you can't valve for every application. It's just, you know, the best of what's available off the shelf, you know, they're like 90 bucks a shock and they seem to hold up pretty well. You can step up 
in the world and get some Bilstein like 7100s or Fox 2.0s that are actually rebuildable and revalvable. But to go that route requires a lot of um, legwork where they're going to send you a shock that has a base setting. You're going to go run it. You're going to tell them what you experience. You have to send it back to them. They will valve it based on your input, send it back to you, run it again, and you just have to do that dance until you get to a performance that you are satisfied with. Um, again, that's can be stock or lifted applications. Um, you know, lift springs, of course, are always going to ride rougher because of the arch. You know, just more arch means more roughness. Uh, some manufacturers have got have figured out how to give you more lift and limit some of the rough, like uh, Dever or Alcan. But you're looking at you know 500 bucks a leaf pack at that point. Um, so it, it is expensive to get springs that work how you want. Uh, but again, if you're looking for the utmost best possible ride, you know that's that's where where it's at. Um, so one thing too, a lot of people overlook are uh, bump stops. I would definitely recommend um, some good bump stops, but something that is soft uh, or like progressive, uh, you know, like the energy ones that are kind of triangle shaped that have a hole in the middle. Uh, that's a good one. Uh, those, the Nissan Pathfinder ones that IH Parts America sells would have the, they're kind of figure eight shaped and they got the holes in them. That's a great one too. I have a set of those on my black rock crawler and they really do act like progressive bump stops. So if you hit something really hard, you know, like a speed bump or a curb or, you know, a ditch, the front end is going to come up so fast that the shock won't be able to slow it down. And, you know, the, the axle is just going to travel like crazy. So to help slow the axle down at the end of its travel, the compressionable bump stops uh, will help make it less jarring for you in the cab as well. I mean, you're still going to feel a jolt just because, you know, you just hit a speed bump at 40, but it won't knock your fillings out like it would have with the solid rubber bump stops that the scouts had stock. So uh, I know you don't always want to be on the end of your bump stops, but it is a, uh, a thing to consider um, when, when putting together your suspension system is those extreme ends. Um, you know, I wouldn't consider limiting straps or anything like that. Cause no, you aren't going to have long travel springs, but uh you know, um, those kinds of things can go a long ways towards improving the ride at the extreme end of the suspension travel. Um, you know, just general movement, making sure when your shocks are put on that they're, they're tight, but again, they're not overly tight. Um, and you have good locking hardware, um, you know, lots of anti-seize on all the moving parts that all really goes a long ways towards the smoothness and movement of the suspension. Um, you know, and if you've gone through all that and 
you still aren't stoked about how it rides or whatever, then you can start looking into other options like the aftermarket springs, um, you know, like Devers, they'll have 10 leaf springs in a pack, but each spring is three sixteenths of an inch thick. And that does the same thing as having a five leaf pack where each leaf is three eighths of an inch thick. Um, you know, the thinner, the thinner, the leaves, the easier they are to move. So they have to put more leaves in a pack to get the same load capacity, but they also move easier. So looking into a leaf package that has more leaves that are thinner is probably the next step, you know, with either the Devers or the Alcans or the Atlases. And then, you know, if, if you want to go beyond that, then you start looking at other leaf manufacturers and longer leaf packages. Um, you know, the stock scouts have 52 inch long springs in the back and that's the same as a GM leaf spring, except the width is a little different. So the rear leaves generally, um, are pretty soft, but if you look, you, most leaf packs only have four in them in your stock scout. Uh, so I would look at an aftermarket package that had, you know, seven or eight thin leaves, uh, which would probably go a long ways towards improving that ride. Um, but in the front, you know, you can get away with having longer springs put in that, because uh, longer springs will ride better. They just, they flex better. They, they handle uh, impact and, and load better. So, um, you know, there's something to consider having long springs put in the front we're not going to get into the shackle reversal debate today um, because that adds a whole other variable to things and it's not so much about making the suspension work, it's about changing the dynamic of the suspension. So, you know, just like I'm probably not going to talk too much about coilovers and, and links and stuff today because uh, that's not where we are um you know and i have talked about that in the past if you want to go back through some of the old podcasts i think i did cover links and coilovers in one of those but no the uh you know if you want to stay in kind of a stock configuration but you want a better ride you look at those springs with more leaves uh you know or longer springs it's kind of it's easier to put long springs on the front of a scout easier than you think anyways um you know the old days a lot of guys use the wagoneer the old 4044s uh which i don't even know if they're available anymore but in the 90s and early 2000s that was the hot ticket was running the rancho 4044s in the front of a scout um because you only had to move the rear hanger back um because they had an offset center pin but uh Anyway, um, you know, but that's the key. It's just getting the, the springs to move as easily as possible with as little friction as possible. And then having shocks that can control the axle movement so it doesn't transfer that jolt into the cab. Um, you know, and part of the, the problem with the scouts is the weight bias is so terrible. 
they've got, you know, 3000 pounds on the front axle and 1500 pounds on the rear axle. Um, so that creates a hard, that is a hard package to control. And so I've found the scouts that ride the best are ones that are fairly stock. So if we're talking stock scout, four cylinder scouts ride way better than V8 scouts, in my opinion. And then the other thing to do is if you've got a spare tire, uh, if you've got you know a medicine cabinet with uh, tools and fluids in it, if you have uh, you know or even a swinging tire carrier off the back, anything that adds some weight to the rear end to help kind of even out that weight bias. Um, you know, if you've got, and the same goes if you've added a winch bumper and a winch and a second battery and a bunch of lights and you just keep adding more weight to the front of the Scout, it's going to make, the front might ride a little better, but it's going to make the rear end buck and ride even worse. So I really recommend weight distribution in that respect, um, it's just it's it just helps a lot. It really does when your when your rig is balanced and your weight, you know, front to rear is pretty close and side to side is pretty close. It it goes a long ways in control and drivability. Um, there are add-on sway bars. Uh, IH Parts America sells a kit. It's kind of universal um, that help with body roll and some of that bucking that might occur uh, from sudden hard jolts. Um, you know, that does help. We put that sway bar on a lot of rigs, um, especially like LS scouts that are see a lot of highway, a lot of cornering and that kind of stuff. We definitely put the rear sway bar on to help keep the rear end settled down Um you know, so that would be something to consider as well. If you have a stock scout, make sure you have the front sway bar, which is that plate that goes between the two shackles up front. Um, believe it or not, that is a sway bar, and that really goes a long ways in helping with control and and drivability. Um, some guys take it off when they go off road, so that the springs will actually flex more and and uh and let the wheels travel more that plate that's in the front that is not just regular flat steel that is spring steel also so it's like having a third leaf spring in the front of the truck so it does twist and flex uh with the shackles but if you're going off road and you really want the most out of it i would say to take that off um you know, the other thing too to look into is the straight steer brace that they sell. Uh, various, uh, most all the Lightline dealers sell some version of that. That braces the steering box and it goes across to the other frame rail. And by doing that, yeah, it stiffens the steering box up for sure, which will improve your drivability. But it also adds another layer of frame stiffness. So that again forces the suspension to work instead of the frame to flop around and twist and uh, and do all that 
And so, you know, anything that you can do to stiffen the chassis, to force the suspension to work and, and, uh, you know, less slop, less roll in the body in the chassis, it, it does it all. It adds up. Um, so, you know, you just, you just, uh, keep working towards forcing the suspension to do what it needs to do instead of transferring all of its responsibilities into a flexi frame and a body and a bunch of body roll and, and you know, that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, it just, it all, it all adds up whether you start at the bottom and you just put new bushings in with good lube, you know, and then you go to good shocks and then you go to new springs with Teflon pads or whatever. And then you add the rear sway bar and the straight steer brace. And, you know, you just continue down that path and you can, you can get lease rings to ride pretty well. Uh, but like I said, in the end, you're going to have to lower your expectations if you're used to driving a 2022 Denali every day because your scout won't ride like that without, you know, $80,000 worth of work. So anyway, um, hopefully that was informative. Hopefully you learned something. Please tell your friends. Please share this podcast, you know. Go to YouTube, like, subscribe, follow along, all of it. It all matters. So I appreciate you guys very much. And uh, until next time, I'm Dan from Binder Bone Yard.